What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's the latest here on the Mets managerial search? Well, Sal, I'm here to break on BNNY <laughs> right now for all of our audience that the Mets have not hired a manager. Oh. Uh, and they're not close. Oh. So, everybody out there, all my competitors, please credit me on that. But look, <laughs> I, did, I did arrive at this uh, status through some digging. I mean, I'm looking down avenues. They have not interviewed Craig Council. Uh, Council's under contract until the end of the month. A lot of times a team will let the guy still do interviews. At grant permission, the Brewers, I'm told, are not operating that way. Council's going to have to wait to interview. Looking at some other guys who are available, Carlos Mendoza, a Yankees bench coach. He's getting interest elsewhere. Um, Joe Espada, the Astros now, bench coach. You, you wrote this, but I think it's important to say it again here. Why can't the Mets start interviewing guys now and then wait for counsel? Right, good question. So oftentimes you get a very narrow window of permission to interview and then hire guys. So uh, I interview Carlos Mendoza. The Yankees give me permission. But I have to decide whether I want to hire him within, say, 72 hours or however, whatever is determined by that. But it's usually a pretty narrow window. So Oftentimes, teams like to stack the interviews pretty close to each other. Like, all right, this week we're doing the interviews. Not we're going to interview Mendoza today and counsel next month. Now, you could lose out on people that way. Uh, Mendoza himself has opportunities with Cleveland, potentially, and with some other places, potentially. So if that's a guy they like, maybe they won't get the chance to talk to him. But that's the way they're conducting it. Uh, they haven't been... Uh, putting it front burner yet because of the reasons that I just said. And it doesn't necessarily mean that counsel is automatically going to be the guy. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, October the 22nd, 2023. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media and the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. You can get me on Instagram. 
Talking Mets No G, and I want to welcome in the good folks from the Fan Sided Podcasting Network, as well as RisingApple.com. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. Not the newsiest of news weeks in the uh, vacuum for those that haven't made the postseason. Mets fall into that between the postseason and the offseason. We come to you every week, but not the newsiest of weeks. We got a little bit of uh, meat on the bone to talk about the managerial search. Is Craig Council inevitable? We'll talk about that. Executives are scared off by the Red Sox. We're already hearing some turning down the Mets managerial uh, interviews. Why is it that big-time teams like the Mets and the Red Sox can't get certain people to interview with them? We'll talk about that. Billy Epler is gone. Should he be forgotten? What's his legacy? I thought about that this week, thanks to a tweet that was out there. And we'll look at the Mets front office, see if there's a way to diversify that a little bit. And on the way out, there'll be a big announcement. So stay tuned for that. We'll get a little bit into uh, a poll that I saw about sports interest out there and RSNs and maybe we'll even bring up Zach Wheeler so on the way out we'll we'll do a little smorgasbord of stuff so not the newsiest of news show but away we go here so John Heyman reported and I think that's where we'll start John Heyman reported that there seems to be a feeling in the game that Craig Council and the Mets may not be as much of a long shot as we thought now I looked at this from the start with Epler gone, not that that's a big deal, and Stern's now running the show there. A little bit of turnover. Council sees some of the turnover that's been going on. No managers lasted since Terry Collins more than a couple of years. The GM flies out of there just days after Stearns is introduced as the president of baseball operations. So, you know, why would Craig Council give up a comfortable position, hometown team, you know, could be close to his family, you know, a team that's made the postseason more than the Mets over the last five years. Why would he give all that up to come to New York? Yes, money, we know that. Uh, but why would he put himself into this pressure cooker? And that's really the big question here as more and more you look at how this is playing out. And one thing since Steve Cohen took over, and this goes back to when Sandy Alderson was the temporary president of baseball operations and ran things for a couple of years. The leaks are not where they normally used to be. You know, even somebody like Andy Martino, who ever since Epler was shown the door, you heard that clip coming in. Martino used to be very clued in, even before Epler, on what was going on with the organization. You could trust his information. You knew exactly kind of how the chessboard was moving when Martino reported it. We don't have any of that. So right now, all you have is educated speculation. That's what you have throughout the media. That's what you have with the beat writers. That's what you have with the national guys like Heyman. But we can take an educated guess and start to see how things are developing to figure out a little bit about what's going on. So here's what we know. We know that council's under contract till Halloween, October 31st. Cannot be interviewed. The Brewers are not going to let him interview or let him out of that contract. So personally, I think that's petty because, you know, the, the logical stance would be, hey, if they're not letting him out to do interviews, either one of two things is going to happen here. One, they're working on a contract extension and he's going to stay. That's logical. Or two, uh, Adonazio is such a spiteful individual, just like he was with Stearns, knowing the guy's going to leave anyway. 
that he's, you know, not going to even bend the rules a little bit. Look, I know contracts and the integrity of the contract, and maybe you want to set the precedent for those in the future. To me, if you're leaving, you know, today's October 22nd. What, are you going to hold the guy for nine more days? What really are you going to be doing? It's kind of silly. But the feeling I have here, as you really don't even have a list of who Stearns would be interviewing uh, for the managerial job, we do know that it looks like it'll be an external candidate, eliminating guys like Eric Chavez or Carlos Beltran. That's what we're hearing. And, you know, Heyman listed a bunch of names that come out there. And, and look, you know, you still have guys like a Bob Melvin who appears to be headed to San Francisco. You know, maybe a Dusty Baker after the World Series, even if Houston wins. Maybe he's tired of battling with that front office. You know, even through a name like A.J. Hinch out there. I know for a fact that Brody Van Wagenen was going to try to get Hinch. Uh, before all the signs stealing, before all that stuff went down, uh, when when Mickey Calloway was fired, I think he was trying to get him. You know that was a big thing, and it didn't work out. You know he goes and he names a bunch of you know experienced coaches, guys like Walt Weiss and Pat Murphy, who ironically works for Council. You know they threw Gabe Kapler's name in there and Brad Osmus, which are two guys that I have no interest on. I know Osmus was considered the last time around. Um, and then, you know, you have your, uh, you know, your Don Kelly's, your Mark DeRosa's, your Joe Espada, you know, Espada's name comes out, Will Venable, who took himself out of the consideration, according to reports. So, you know, when you start to look at all the names, unless the Mets are really going to make a statement and go out there after the World Series and go after a Dusty Baker, you know, somebody would experience like that, uh, you know, I, you know, put a blanket over all of them, you know, pick one name out of a hat or whatever it is. To me, the likelihood of his success with one versus the other, I have no skin in the game on any of it. You know, Walt Weiss, New York guy, you know, Braves culture, you know, played the game. You know, there's somebody that, you know, checks a few boxes. You know, a spotter comes from the Astros organization. Everybody's, you know, Pat Murphy nearly got the job the last time when they hired Beltron. Uh, you know, here's a guy, you know, worked under counsel, you know, maybe a little bit more realistic than counsel. Who knows? But... You know, my gut feeling is, and and not because Heyman threw that little nugget out there, I really think if Council wasn't interested or wasn't coming, I almost feel like Milwaukee would be in their best interest to just put the ha- hammer down and say, hey, you know, we've come to an agreement, Craig's our manager, and that's it. It would be done and over with. This whole waiting till Halloween till the contract expires. Now, could it be that similar to player free agency, the Brewers are telling Council go out and see what's out there and come back to us? That would be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, I think he's making about three, three and a half million dollars a year. Uh, apparently, the the highest paid manager in the history of the sport was Joe Torre. Think about that. You know, nothing against Joe. I mean, when you think about all the great managers out there, Joe was kind of in the right place, right time, and benefited from that. But you know, Joe getting eight million dollars a year, you know. Perhaps, you know, Council, who's never won anything, he's never won a championship, certainly not in the pedigree of what Tory accomplished. You know, we could argue whether he's as good or better a manager than Tory, but, uh, you know, the Mets shouldn't have a problem. They're paying Stearns $10 million a year. And, you know, the more that you, you watch Steve Cohen, uh, unless there's a, a tightening of the belt for some reason that we don't know, he's going to pay the money. And, and Council, if that's the guy they want, he's going to pay the money. Council will make five or six million dollars a year. Now, will Milwaukee go out there and match it? Well, they have some home field advantage there. He's from Wisconsin. He's from the area. His kids go to school out there. You know, there is an emotional component to all this. So, 
you know, it will be interesting to see. But my gut and my feeling right now is that this begins and ends with counsel. If the Mets aren't going to get counsel, then it's a wild race. Then it's, hey, let's bring in five or six guys. And, and maybe they're already doing that and we don't know. But to me, the fact that they're kind of entertaining these external candidates, it all smells like plan B. It all smells like, hey, if we can't get counsel, we'll go down the next notch. But counsel's our guy. And when you look at it, you know, I've said for a lot of reasons, the Mets, you know, this job, this town, because they've been so wrong so often with the manager's position that you don't want to go with a first-timer unless you're right. That's what we said, and that was my reason for when I, back when they were doing the, the process back after the 2019 season, I wanted Joe Girardi. I said, look, at the point in time where this team is at, they can't play games with a first-timer. And they went exactly the opposite route, and they brought in Beltran, and we know what happened. And then they tried again with, you know, Rojas. And, you know, this is why I thought, and and you look at a guy like Will Venable who turned down the Mets, you know, some speculate it's because, you know, with Bochy at the helm, you know, who knows how long Bochy's going to manage. Venable feels like he's the heir apparent. You know, and that's exactly what I kind of wanted the Mets to do with Buck. You know, have Buck here for three years, see if somebody under him, like a Chavez or maybe Beltran in the front office, could come in and be the heir apparent when Buck wants to move on and retire or become a consultant. That's not the way it worked. You know, ultimately, when you look at where the Mets are now, this is what Cohen wanted from day one. He wanted a young, up and you know, not up and coming, you know, industry darling, let's say analytically driven individual running the operation. He wanted a president of baseball operations. You know, if you if you could have cloned somebody from day one when he took ownership on November of 2020, it would be someone like David Stearns. And, and that just wasn't possible. It wasn't something that he could accomplish out of the gate. So here we are now, three years later, backdoor the way, and with Epler out of the way and Buck out of the way and, and all the, you know, collateral body so to speak out of the way this is basically ground zero this is fresh start this is truly when you think about it with Stearns running the show and this managerial search this is the fresh start I mean Cohen you know being that he's still a new owner typically it's crazy to think three years in you have to go and get a fresh start but that's where you're at that's exactly where you're at so where you wanted this organization to start and build up back in November 2020, which they couldn't for a variety of reasons we've talked about on this show, they're doing now. And I feel like council would be the perfect, I mean, they got universal accolades for Stearns. You heard that when we had the Stearns press conference. Even Cohen said it. Everybody, there's nobody who said an ill word about hiring David Stearns. I think that would be the same case with Craig Council. I mean, he's a guy who played the game. He's had success. You know, it sounds like, you know, listening a little bit to, you know, what comes out of Milwaukee, that he's not just some bot in the dugout playing stratomatic baseball. He has some idea about the heartbeat of the game, but knows how to partner and work with the front office. Stern said that's something that they want. And I think that that's important. I, I really think if you don't get counsel, I think you're going back into the fire and you're rolling the dice with one of these first-timers. And no matter who he hires... That's outside the organization and is a first-timer. There is going to be positives gleaned from that. And maybe this is going, and, and much to my chagrin, the direction this is going where the manager doesn't really matter because he's part of the 
cabinet of the front office. The only difference is he's down there in the dugout with a uniform three hours a night. And he's there to run a clean clubhouse. You know, he's going to get his marching orders of how the lineup goes. He's not going to have the lineup card to himself. He's going to have a script for the bullpen that hopefully he could follow and maybe add some in-game common sense to. And hopefully he's charismatic enough to manage the media. Because managing the media and the mouthpiece that goes out there on SMY before and after every game and, you know, at the beginning of homestands or whatever the conferences they have is the perception of the team out there. Now, you know, Council would be a home run and would be a, a big win. And I, and I think Steve Cohen is not somebody that's going to sit back and, you know, here's a guy that pays $140 million for a painting or a piece of art. I don't think he's going to skimp on managers or, you know, be happy with going in, trying to get a Craig Council who arguably is the best name out there right now on the market. You know, maybe arguably, maybe you could put Bob Melvin out there, but you know, it sounds like Melvin more has an affinity for the West Coast and spring training in Arizona, and and not get him. I mean, if it comes down to Council not coming here, I have to think it's Council's decision to stay in Milwaukee and not wanting the job. And that's really interesting because that's where I'm going on the second part as as we you know walk through this segment. You know, you've been hearing a lot of the same things that Cohen was experiencing, that people were kind of laughing at Cohen about not being able to get anybody to interview for the president of baseball operations position. It was very hard to get a general manager, uh, you know, over the couple of years they were here. Obviously, many didn't want to interview. You had the issues with off-the-field stuff. Finally, they got Billy Epler, who wasn't somebody that was on anybody's radar. He was going to actually work for an agency. And Billy took the job, and we'll get to Billy in the next segment because I think it'll be interesting, and I think the future will it'll be interesting how he's looked, how his tenure is looked at, depending on where Stearns goes from here. Story for the next segment and what have you. But you're seeing the same problem with John Henry and the Red Sox, and it sounds like you know a lot of people are saying that. And it's funny, Heim Bloom, who was this industry darling, not much different than Stearns. Uh, not as accomplished as Stearns. I mean, Stern has a resume. Hein Bloom came from Tampa and, you know, failed on a lot of other job interviews, Mets being one of them. And when everybody bestowed, like, this was a no-brainer for the Red Sox, and, and he didn't do a great job, you know, after working in a smaller market, it goes to show you nobody's a no-brainer. But you're seeing, including uh, Kim Ang, who just left Miami, turn down even interviewing for the Red Sox position. And then you see Will Venable, as I said, turned out, you know, interviewing for the Mets position. So it makes you wonder, is it, you know, now you're hearing John Henry, some of the same things you heard when the Wilpons, or even to a certain degree, Steve Cohen, you know, John Henry's too involved, you know, he had a frosty relationship at the end with Theo Epstein, you know, Heim Bloom didn't like the way he was treated by Alex Cora and Henry, I mean, all the stuff that goes out there that basically to me sounds like a lot of individuals who are concerned about working for a uh, demanding people, uh, you know, core is a type A personality, demanding guy that wants to have his fingerprints on the organization. I've heard him on interviews at MLB network. You know, here's a guy that, you know, not many managers know up and down the organization, the prospects Cora does, you know, John Henry, a guy that's had a lot of his success running the Red Sox, probably demanding wants, you know, be a little bit, you know, even though they say he's disengaged with other business interests, you know, the guy's probably still very hands-on. And, you know, not that I believe Cohen will be as hands-on with the day-to-day because, let's face it, Cohen has probably had to be more involved with the baseball operations 
over the last couple of years because of his lack of a president of baseball operation and because of the turnover in the front office. And, you know, he's been honest. He's, you know, I'm not a baseball guy. I'm a, I'm a guy with a lot of money that owns a team that wants to win and wants to build this asset up for the experience, for the business part of it. And winning and building the team and the engine of the team, that's for the baseball people. And, you know, when you look at the pressures that come with it, you know, the Mets, we've talked about the pressures of not winning since 1986 and the New York expectations and living in the shadow of the Yankees and Cohen and Cohen's largesse and Cohen's reputation for being a demanding boss on Wall Street and the Red Sox and their history and the market and the cynical demanding fan base. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And you see all these, you know, well-respected, smart, Baseball people, you know, someone like Kim Ang, who, you know, you would think, you know, breaking through the glass ceiling, that's even harder in baseball and sports, a female breaking through a glass ceiling in baseball, not even wanting interview for a prestigious job like the Red Sox, makes you really scratch your head, makes you really start to wonder with this new crop of, you know, hotshot managers and hotshot executives, what do they want? Do they want comfortable positions in nondescript markets where they can perpetually rebuild or or perpetually kind of market their vision without the accountability of a large media or a fan base that's passionate and engaged like the New York, Boston, East Coast fan base? Is it really, you know, did Jerry DePoto lay out for you when he talked, uh, you know, after the Mariners lost out on the division? And really talked about how baseball is about winning, you know, over a 10-year period, you win 85, 86 games, probabilistically you'll be in the playoffs and you'll win, kind of taking it down to the most granular level, an 86 and 76 season, that's what we could expect. And you look at that, and, and when you want to play stratomatic baseball as a professional GM, you really can't pitch that when you're in New York, you know, when you're in Boston, you know, maybe not even in Chicago or, or L.A., but you know, those are areas that don't have job openings. I would put those two teams in there too uh, as well. So when you start to look at this, when you start to see how this is trending, it makes you wonder, 
is Stern's going to have the same problem if Council doesn't come through and Council doesn't get the job or doesn't want the job. See, I think Council's going to be offered the job. Whether he wants it or not is a different thing. This whole quietness, you know, you're not even hearing interviews. By now, you should have seen somebody who's not in the postseason interviewed for the Mets managerial position. The fact that they haven't really makes me think. They're out there putting feelers out and obviously setting things up. But I think this is him going full bore November 1st for council. And, you know, either he's going to take it or not. I mean, how much could you interview on this? It's about really interviewing about the fit. He knows who council is. Council has a resume that's out there. He's proven himself. The other guys, the you know, the 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 Pat Murphys of the world, you know, guys like that, uh, you know, young young managers like a Ray Montgomery, Angels coach, George Lombard, Don Kelly, all these names that Heyman put out there. Uh, you know, those are the guys you got to interview and really say, you know, what are these? What are their vision as a manager? What are they? Are they a fit? Do they know how to collaborate with the front office? You know, do they know how to run a clean clubhouse? You know, how will their personality mesh in a New York environment? You know, I think that they kind of know all those things. You know, with counsel. So it's really, do you want to be here or not? And does the money work out? Does the contract work out? So I really think that's where it goes. You know, it's going to be pretty quick, I think. We're going to know after Halloween whether counsel, maybe before if he comes to an agreement with Milwaukee, but I feel if he was going back to Milwaukee, it would have happened already. So, you know, that's where we're at. And it really makes me wonder, is counsel like the next big hotshot manager? And if you go back in history, when you think about, you know, big time managers who maybe weren't quite at the pinnacle of being at the top of the game in terms of their status when they jump ship. Like, think about Tito Francona. You know, some argued, you know, just left Cleveland, one of the best managers in baseball. You know, for a while, everyone loved him in Boston. You know, had some issues there at the end before he went to Cleveland, but. When he left Philadelphia, he was not known as a big commodity. He was always a, a well-respected manager when the Phillies hired him. It was in a tough time, a transition time with the Phillies organization. You know, they didn't have a very good team when he was there in the late 90s. And he goes to Boston and, you know, the rest is history. Think about Jimmy Leland when he left Pittsburgh and went to Miami. And then, you know, after Miami, didn't have as much success in Colorado, but finally came back after a brief, you know, retirement and, and did some nice things in Detroit. Uh... Bruce Boche, when he left San Diego and went to the Giants. And now you know where he is at the top of the sport. Think of Tony La Russa. You know, here's someone who made, you know, built his reputation as the top manager in Oakland and went to St. Louis for all those years. You know, is Craig Council the on that trajectory? Is that the kind of manager that the Mets are getting? All I know is this, that the next manager needs to stick around a little bit. It can't be another mistake. And the Mets sorely need what they had with Bobby Valentine and Terry Collins and Davey Johnson. A periods of time, you know, as much as I'm not a Terry Collins fan, what I will say is this. There was stability in the dugout when Terry was there. He was not very good at the job. Uh, he wasn't horrible. I mean, I think on certain points like bullpen, he was atrocious. But... He ran a somewhat clean clubhouse. I don't think he was very good with young players. I think he got stale and he got outdated at the end. But for the most part, Terry did what he needed to do, and he lasted. Probably shouldn't have lasted as long as he did, but he lasted. He knew how to how to, how to work the political part there. 
you know, council comes here on a four or five year deal. Let's say the Mets give him five years and maybe $30 million. Well, you know, that's going to be your manager for the next five years. That brings the stability there. That brings the credibility there. But look, this could also turn out really bad. Remember a young manager coming from a middle market that was the big hot shot. It was supposed to be the next big thing. His name was Jeff Torborg. Remember Jeff Torborg? Well, Jeff Torborg was every bit the hot commodity when the Mets plucked him from Chicago back in 1992. Makes you wonder how easily the White Sox let him go. Maybe they knew something that everybody else didn't. But in a lot of ways, with the way the Mets are going after council, the way that the Mets brought Torborg in all those years ago, same kind of thing. Plucking a very successful manager, Torborg had some success in Chicago with the White Sox, away from that success in a small market and say, hey, bring all that glory and we're going to do it and do it better in New York. So this could go a couple of different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's going to criticize the Mets hiring council. But is he going to be Jimmy Leland? Is he going to be Tony La Russa? Is he going to be Tito Francona? I mean, think about how we talk about the yoke and all the things that are similar to the Mets in 2023 into 2024 that existed in Boston with the Red Sox in 2002, 2003, leading into 2004. It's eerily, eerily, eerily similar. And when you look at Council, it's almost like, is that their Tito Francona coming over? Council's more established than Francona was coming over uh, to Boston in 2004. But it's very similar. It's very eerie about how the similarities are there. So it'll be interesting, you know, with all these executives turning down the Red Sox and now Will Venable, you know, apparently a very promising managerial candidate, wants to stay in Texas, probably waiting for Bochy to retire. Um, Not going to be easy. Not going to be easy to get somebody if council turns this thing down. I feel things are starting to smell that they're heading towards council. I just feel like he would be eliminated already if it wasn't a possibility. And the and it could be the lack of leaks, but the lack of real meat on the bone about who the Mets are looking at as a manager, other than a few names here or there, almost makes it seem like all the other interviews, all the other due diligence are these distant second plan Bs that deep down Stearns doesn't believe he's going to have to go to. Because once Council gets in that room, it's never going to be about the money. Let's admit we know that with Cohen. It's never going to be about the money. It's going to be whether or not he wants the challenge, the job. These guys work together. There's so many pieces already in place. And the ones that aren't, like money, are easily fixed. It really comes down to this council want to leave home. This council want to come to the big city. Does he want to be part of this challenge? Because this could break him. Believe me. He'll be very wealthy after it. He's going to get his money whether he gets fired or successful or not. But this could make or break his managerial career. Look at Jeff Torborg. Never the same after he went to New York. Yeah, he came back from Miami and then got fired and then win the World Series on the Jack McKeon. So it'll be interesting. Is Council the next Tony La Russa or is he the next Jeff Torborg? We'll have to find out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Billy Epler, what's his legacy? How is he going to be remembered? I think it's important, even though he's history now. And we don't, I mean, did MLB lock him in the basement or something on Park Avenue? Because we don't even know if he exists. We never heard anything more. It's almost like they showed up to City Field. They investigated the DL thing. Or the IL thing. I shouldn't say DL. It's not DL. IL thing. And pop, it's gone. It's over. Eh, you know, oops, not a big deal. And Billy Epler was the sacrificial lamb and all that. So anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Billy Epler and his legacy right after this. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.